0: I just want to go back. Um, uh, You you gave a a detailed explanation of why um, um, uh, Thomas didn't start yesterday and and how that went with Matt Pert. In
1: in the second half, was it also your plan to rotate the two or was uh, Thomas coming out in the third quarter after a missed block, a um, a, a, um, performance-based move?
0: No, there was just a plan to go ahead and move our players on through the entire game at multiple positions. So we just stuck with the plan right there. Yeah, there was, nothing, there was nothing performance based on that at all, Paul, on that right there, no. So, again, i stress again with Andrew. Obviously, this is something the guy made a mistake on a uh, team policy. Again, i like to stress this guy's a great dude in the building. Uh, we love Andrew. Nothing dis- disrespectful or malicious. He just made a mistake, and there's consequences.
1: So, the second half, the plan was to rotate, him just the same as you did in the first half.
0: Yeah, Mark had him on a rotation. He kind of just stuck with, you know, the number of series that were going in and out at that point right there.
1: Okay, thanks. Yeah. Lombardo. Hey, Joe,
0: how's it going, man? Good, Matt. What's going on, man? Hey, i um,
1: just curious. I know you guys didn't practice today, but how uh, how much closer is Sterling Shepard being ready? I know it's a quick turnaround to Thursday night, but um, how much closer are you to having him back on the field?
0: Yeah, I think we're a little bit closer than we were last week. Obviously, he didn't make it to the game. He worked with the trainers today. Uh, I'm going a lot right now off the information they've given me. Uh, from today's workout, we were in staff meetings when he was out there on the field doing some of his rehab stuff. So, being a walkthrough week for us, we'll have to go really based on what the trainers tell us. We'll have to go ahead and look at them. You know, we'll see. This could go up to a pregame workout. We're not sure. Um, we'll see where he's at throughout the week.
1: And they're pretty banged up on their side. Uh, reports came out today, no Miles Sanders, no Zach Gertz. How much does that change your preparation for a team knowing that they could be without and probably are going to be without two of their most dynamic weapons?
0: Well, I think they've got enough weapons on all fronts to really prepare for it, these guys. So. I mean, look, you don't want to see any players get hurt, to be honest with you. You want to play teams when they're at their best. That's what competition's all about. You know, we're expecting Jeffrey and Jackson to be back, and they're going to give you a lot of trouble along with all the other receivers they have already. So, you know, they know how to use their receivers, their backs, and their tight ends all very well. So it doesn't matter who's in there. They're all very capable. I'm
1: kind of it. Hey, Joe. Hey, Don. Um, when you prepare for Philadelphia, I mean – have you done any work prior to this week, so it's not such a short week?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think with all opponents, we actually go back in the spring and through the summer and really build a base on what they are historically. Now, obviously, that changes within the regular season based on who's on the roster and how certain things have shaken out for them. But I always try to work weeks ahead, especially, you knowing it's a Thursday game, you know, you want to work a couple weeks ahead to really build your base on them. You know, for me personally, I'm always a week ahead on the opponent as it is anyway. Uh, That's something I've always done, something I've gotten accustomed to doing, you know, through what I've done at different places. So you just rely on your notes, you watch the tape on Monday from the previous game the night before, you update where you think you are with everything, and then that helps you as far as your planning day on, you know, Tuesday and then going into Wednesday and Thursday, putting together the game plan. If you wait till the game week to really start diving into the next opponent, I don't think there's enough time to really dedicate recapping your game from the day before, getting into a new opponent, really learning what they are, and then at the same time, formulating a plan for it some people can do that for me personally uh, that's not the way I like to work
1: thank you okay. hey Joe just going back to Paul's question with the left tackle now that Andrew served his punishment is he back as your starting left tackle on Thursday night
0: yeah he will uh, go through practice this week and kind of see where everything shakes out right now but I was pleased with the way you know both he and Matt played all right along with cam so you know we've got multiple guys that can play the positions you know Matt's guys worked on the right and the left you know we practice Andrew both on the right and the left as it is anyway. And Cam gets reps on the left as well just to make sure we're all in position if we have to get our numbers called. So we'll go through practice these next couple of days and kind of see where everything shakes out. But, you know, again, you know, we expect all of them to be at the game and we expect all of them to play.
1: And then when you have, you know, a decision to make on a fourth down, what goes into that? I mean, do you have someone in your ear telling you the win probability and how it's affected? Is it gut feeling? Just what goes into that for you?
0: There's a lot of that. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, you talk through the situations that come up. You know, with Pat and Jason, you know, calling the plays on offense and defense, as I go through a series, I'm really looking down the line of, okay, if this gets a fourth and short here, what am I doing? We kicking or we going? If this gets to a fourth and medium, what am I doing right here? All right, what am I looking at if we punt the ball down here on a long field goal situation versus taking the attempt of the long field goal? What could be the effect right there? So to me, I'm kind of playing out the game and scenarios of what's going to come up, what's going to happen. You know, how we can best handle it. I'm always, you know, evaluating where we are, timeouts versus clock and score. And then to be honest with you, a lot of it's just the flow of the game. You know, you can look at the whole analytics pages of different things and they tell you when to go for two, when to go it on fourth down. That's all great, but you've got to understand the flow of the game. And sometimes there is a lot of emotion that goes into it, not to just go out there and pound your chest, but knowing what your team needs at the time and how they're playing.
1: Thanks, Joe. Tom Rock. I was actually going to ask about that a little bit too, Joe. Does, does... – Facing an opposing coach who you know is going to be aggressive, like Ron was, make you a little bit more conservative, like you seemed to be yesterday?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, conservative in different things. It needs to play the strength of your team and the flow of the game and what you have confidence in. While sometimes you may say it's conservative not to go for it on fourth down, a lot of times it's aggressive to say we're going to trust our defense go out there and do the job. So we're going to have faith in our team. We prepare in all three phases. You know, that being said, you always have to consider how the other coach calls the game. You know when ron had the ball and they were driving with about five minutes left in the game you start looking in terms of they're going to treat this like it's a two-minute situation you start kind of putting it through your mind and talking to the offense like okay guys let's be ready we've got a couple timeouts let's get ready to start working on two minute talking to our players thinking about what calls we may want to make if i have to burn a timeout here guys think about how that may change our calls with only one timeout so we talk ahead on the situations on the series to make sure everyone's on the same page but you have to understand how the other coach calls it, Ron being a good example because he's been very aggressive throughout his career, is this going to be a guy who's going to go for it at midfield? Is going to be a fake situation? That's how Tom and T-Mac you know, really do a good job getting the guys prepped and ready in the situation of the game, being alert for the gimmicks and the gadgets make them up in the kicking game to try to extend drives. So, you know, for us, we try to go ahead and apply, you know, all the principles of all the phases. But the opponent is always the biggest factor in the decisions you make. You know, so whether you're going for on fourth down, it's – who are you playing? How are they playing, and how are you playing against them?
1: And then I also, I also want to ask you. I know you love talking about yourself, but you, you know, going back to Philly this week, um, what, what are your thoughts? What are your emotions there?
0: I'll probably wear a helmet too because my in-laws are already buying batteries. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's to be honest with you. It's it's not my first time going back to Philly as an opposing coach. Um, it's a great city. It's got great, passionate fans. It's an excellent team. It's obviously a great rivalry. I grew up watching these games. There were always, you know, tough games, blue-collar type games when the Eagles and the Giants played when I was growing up watching the games. Um, again, you're so focused on the opponent, the emotion doesn't really get tied into it. We just know we've got a heck of a team we've got to match up against.
1: Pat Leonard. Uh, Joe, specific to the fourth down decision, why punt on fourth and two from the 38 there, or, or you know, take the delay of game there?
0: We're taking the delay of game in that situation right there?
1: Yeah, to like, I, you intentionally take it to then punt, but I'm saying, like, why not go for that
0: there? Yeah, again, Pat, at that point right there, I had a lot of confidence in our defense. You know, hey, look, we put the offense out there, sometimes it looks like it's intentional, sometimes it may be, sometimes it might not be. We've got a lot of situational calls and different things we work at all times. Um, but in that situation right there, I mean, it's easy to say, hey, it's fourth and two, go for it, it's in short range, Your defense is playing good. You got a punter you trust. You got special teams that are, you know, put on the field to create, you know, field position. And if you can put an put on a long field and you trust the way your defense is playing, then you trust them to give it back to your offense a good position. Got
1: it. And um, Kyler Fackrell has made big plays in two straight games now on D. Um, another one of those guys who's playing through injuries. But just why? You know, why has he been able to kind of come up with some big plays and big moments for you guys?
0: I think he just does a good job of executing the plan. You know, Pat does a really good job of putting these pieces together. Brett does an excellent job of coaching the guys on the edge, working with them. Kyler has a good tool set with a lot of versatility to it. So, whether it's dropping into coverage, rushing, setting the edge against the run, whatever it may be, you know, he does a good job of really applying all of his tools to it. And he's got good instincts and savvy to understand, especially as the game goes on when he makes a lot of his plays, you know, what his opponent's been showing him and what he can use to kind of set that guy up to go ahead and make a play. But he's a good, smart football player. He's made a lot of plays for us when his number's been called. We're happy to have him.
1: Thanks. We'll take three more. Art, Jordan, Zach. Art. Hey, Joe. I, was, I know, obviously, you talked about the preparation weeks and for opponents that you do and maybe the coaches do. I'm curious, defensively especially, when you want to be week-to-week week with the game plan mm-hmm. – a hesitancy uh, with the players to know that you don't want to change too much and go with a blank slate on a week where you play on a Thursday night as opposed to maybe a regular week. Do you, do you guys talk about that and you know shift maybe what you would do philosophically based on the time you actually have?
0: No you know what we always think about that Art but really the way we teach in the beginning is what sets us up for situations like this on a short week. Because whether it's a Thursday night game or a halftime adjustment, which we had to make plenty of them yesterday with some personnel changes in the game due to injury, the guys have to understand the concepts of what you're trying to do. So when you start teaching on the front end in training camp and back in the spring, you want to make sure that all the players understand the concepts of what you're trying to doing. So it's a certain type of coverage. Okay, what are the elements of the coverage? All right, it's a certain type of man coverage. What's the leverage you have to win? It's a certain kind of rush. What are the details of the rush we have to execute? And then you just plug people in different spots and they understand that when they're in that spot that that concept applies to, they know how to play it. So we make sure that when we drill our players and we teach them, everyone's learning how to play deep field technique. Everyone's learning how to play a hard flat technique. Everyone's learning how to play cor- curl flat or you know the seam curl or the middle run through. Everyone's learning how to set an edge in a run game. Everyone's learning how to blitz the A and the B gap. And everyone's learning how to work a stunt game and a twist coming off the edge. So we make sure we put all of our guys through all the exercises of it so that when it comes up for them, it's not new. It may seem more new to the opponent, but for us, it's something we've been teaching from day one.
1: And just the, the follow-up on the tackle situation, do you see any advantage for switching guys mid-game, series to series, against the defense and what maybe the defense is prepared for? You know, The difference between a Thomas versus a Pert at left tackle?
0: I think the biggest emphasis is it's just important for us to play as many of our guys as possible, especially these young guys who need to gain the experience and can only really improve by being on the field and working. Matt's a guy's shown a lot of improvement in the way he works in practice. We've seen it from the team periods, the individual one-on-one pass rush periods. He's shown progress in the games in the action he's seen. Uh, Andrew's been doing a good job for us as well. So to me, it's just important to get guys involved and let them play and learn. Thanks,
1: Jordan? To build off that for one second, then I have a much lighter question. Uh, How much did Matt Pert earn the opportunity to play more from what he did yesterday?
0: Yeah, I think he did a good enough job. I have confidence to put him on the field. Uh, I have confidence in Andrew. I have confidence in Cam. I have confidence in all of our offensive linemen. So, has he earned the right to be on the field and contribute? Absolutely. That's why he's going to be at the games for us. Um, but everybody on our roster and practice wise earned the right to be here, Jordan. And we have confidence we'll play any of them anytime.
1: And uh, I mean, you grew up in Philadelphia, very provincial city. We know that. I'm just curious, what do you think your friends and your, even your mom would have said to you? Say, hey, I'm going I'm to be the coach with the New York Giants.
0: When I was younger, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Go get them, you yeah. Look, my my brother, look, my brother walked around in an LT jersey his entire life. Just, I think, mostly to you know, make us mad, you know, because we we're all rooting for the Eagles. But you know, hey, eventually you get used to seeing it and you understand why he was wearing it.
1: All right, last question here, Zach. Hey, Joe, um, you guys had uh, Ryan Lewis following, following uh, Terry McLaurin around for a little bit. I'm just curious the thought process there and how you thought he held up. I, I don't think he gave up a catch yesterday.
0: No, I thought Ryan's been playing well for us. He's definitely a guy who's made a lot of progress for us. Um, you know, we've been familiar with Ryan for some time, had experience with him in the past. He's definitely a guy who's really, you know, improved over the course of his career. Um, I got a lot of confidence Ryan on the field. He's a tough dude now. Um, but he definitely rose up to competition. I mean, look, McLaurin's a heck of a receiver now. I mean, this guy's explosive as can be. You talk to guys like Colt, who had him on the team as a teammate with him, and, you know, early in the week, you know, Colt saying some, you know, accolades about this guy, about how he's one of the best receivers he's ever thrown to in terms of what this guy can do to get open and what he does with the ball in his hand. And it paints a picture that, you know, this guy's really an excellent player. You see it on tape. I remember when the guy came out of college, he was painted a little bit as more of a special teams guy than an offensive guy. Um, and I think this guy's definitely shown he's got versatility and he's definitely a weapon for their offense. And, you know, he'd be a player for any team in this league. Uh, but Ryan did a good job for us right there. That's just part of the matchups we established for the game plan right there. And then uh, later, in the, later in the game it was changed up for different reasons. But uh, I thought Ryan did a good job for us yesterday.